You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome back to Spark Influence. On our last episode, we discussed servant leadership and how we've seen that modeled for us in in our life and how we've applied it in our own leadership experience. One of the things that came out of that episode was dying to self. And so I thought that really dovetailed nicely into this week's topic, which is to become one and That's because in a marriage relationship, we have to love and serve our spouse and die to self. So we are about to celebrate 30 year our 30 years of marriage together in about a week and a half. And so I thought this would be a fun topic for us to conquer today. So in Genesis 2, this is where we learn that God created man and woman to be his helper and that the two would become one flesh. The Bible says that marriage is a mystery. And after being married for this many years, I can tell you it definitely is a mystery. I could not describe it any better myself. You know, when you have two people who are completely different, who come together to become one, forming that one union, no marriage is the same. No two people are the same. And you take two sinful people and you put them together and you hope for the best. Not really, but I love the fact that through our marriage, and we have seen this, is just that figuring out what does that mean, you know, to become one. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, just in case I forget next week, happy anniversary. Uh, We get that in there quick and early, Uh, get it on the record. (laughs) I I love this topic because, you know, I've seen examples of this played out. If we take our, our time together, friends and couples, I've seen a, a, a large and varied field of what people consider that to become one, right? If you take the cleave to one another kind of concept and expand on that from the Bible, some people, you know, you can classify it into married couples who are truly together and one. Then you have the cohabitators, right, who are married but still strangely have many separations within their within their life. And we will kind of expand on that. And then you have the people who are married in name only, right? They're they're sort of just there and and not striving forward for that oneness, right? They're just sort of doing their own thing. And that's kind of the we'll talk about that. I think we should. That's the empty nester gets divorced kind of thing. It's always strange when you see that. And that's that not becoming one expanded to the end and then you realize well you know this was never really a couple it was two people raising children or some you know sort of along those lines so right. two people working on their career or one you know at home with the kids and very separate lives not an integrated family marriage mission i think that's that's where the problem is 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 because people have two different missions and visions for their life. And they get to a point where 
they think that, you know, I'm unhappy or that this person doesn't know me or they don't have things that tie them together. Yeah. And I don't want a soapbox because I can get on a soapbox about a lot of things, but this is that, that sort of falling out of love nonsense, right? I'm trying to keep my language PG here on this because it's really irritating, right? That, that you don't fall, that's not a, we will, we will do a whole episode on love for sure. But to use that excuse, you know, to say, as a couple, we just, I just don't love them anymore. Well, no, you selfishly, and and this is where narcissism, I think, is probably one of the most horrendous sin scourges of all of man's history. It, it's about me not willing to work on the us, right? And you, the, the, it should become us, not just me. And there's nothing, it's not, not saying you don't have a career, you don't have goals, you don't have things you want to do that really encompass you as a package individually doing those things and achieving those things. But what it says is, and I use this term a lot with you, there's no air between the couple, right? There's no air between each other. So it's not, you don't have the private, this is where this is where so many things creep in. If you have your own schedule and you're doing your own thing, but you live at home, there's gaps in your day. There's holes. There's temptation can come from so many directions. You travel a lot, right? Maybe the man or the husband or the wife travels a lot and they're by themselves and there's, there's empty time and then they're hanging out by themselves. And that just opens the door for a lot of temptation if they aren't fully cleaved and, and there's no, there's no air between them. Right. And I think that's, when you talk about the two become one, if if that is the case, so like in our case, I, it is totally that, right? There is no, there is no air between us. We are a very tightly woven couple, right? You pull one of us out, it's it's like taking out a major organ that keeps the the couple alive. So we have to go together when that happens. We'll just, <laughs> yeah, off a cliff or something. But uh, so I, I think that's crucial that you know that that uh, couples see that as you're not sacrificing and giving up on anything as you and an individual may have or aspire to. It's not the sacrifice or the disillusion of your goals and aspirations. It's the, it's the acceptance and the embracing of your wishes and goals, but theirs as well, right? That support. And do you support them and pour into them and help them encourage them in all the things that they're trying to do, then you will be lifted up and go along with it as well. And it will just forge an incredibly strong relationship. That's absolutely right. I know that I've seen that play out. You know, when I left my career to come home to homeschool the kids, you empowered me to be able to stay home and raise the kids and gave me the resources that I needed. But when the boy started to grow up and I began to pray about what was next, you were so supportive in my writing and speaking and podcasting and all of the different things. And I, at the same time, am very thoughtful of of your work and your business and taking care of you, you know, cooking meals or just the different duties and responsibilities that we have in, in running a home and how we kind of divide that out and do it in a way that we do, we actually do a lot of it together. So one of the fun things, you know, as we have worked at home together for me has been, you know, uh, having the whole family involved in cooking meals and meal prep for the week and having that meal meeting on on Sunday afternoon, like what does your week look like? These are the things that I have to do. This is where I'm going this week or what do our kids have or how do we work all all of that together? So it's it's really, I think you're right. I think it it goes 
to communication. And that's where there's no air between us is because we fully know, I know all about all of the people that you work with for better or for worse. You know, I tell you about, you know, all of my interviews and my interactions and your, you know, deeply woven in Spark Media and the, the Spark community. But that didn't happen overnight. I mean, that took us years to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody who over 50 is going to say, I wish I knew then what I know now, because there's so much education that comes with experience and understanding, okay, that we should have looked at relationships. There's not a, youth has a hard time looking at relationships in a healthy way because it's it's a strange dichotomy of I'm still me and I want to maintain me and be my own thing and self, but I'm going to marry this person and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them. But how do I not, you know, their, their fear of losing Hollywood doesn't help this by far, but I want to lose myself in the relationship. Like, what does that mean? Well, yeah, of course you do. Like you, you should, the two of you should dissolve into one. And, and that doesn't mean that you've lost your individuality or have you lost your individual aspirations or goals for life. It just means that you now have a new extra list that you're going to help with because it's someone else's involved as well. And they're going to shore you up and encourage you and bring you along and, and you should do the same to them. And that, those are really important concepts that take many, many years sometimes. Couples don't give it enough time and they just say, okay, this is not going to work because, you know, he likes baseball and I like knitting or whatever the th- stupid thing becomes, right? That you dissolve it because you, you know, it's, you, you alluded to it earlier. It's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work, right? And it, But it, it should be, it's the most important thing in your life happening, right? It, it should be work. Nothing good is easy why would marriage be any different it doesn't mean you just like this whole flow together and never have problems and you know one of the things that it took us time to learn i think we're still learning it but it's as important as learning to be together it's learning how to fight like how how do you have disagreements how do you have arguments what does that look like because there a lot of toxic toxicity can creep into a relationship if you don't understand that because that's problem resolution which is a basic concept that you learn in elementary school like how do you figure but when it's your wife or your husband, it's a whole different ballgame, right? So those are things that that oneness encompasses all of those things. And I don't know that they're always looked at or, or people are not considering them, you know, as part of that total package. Yeah. And I think something that was really helpful for us and for our relationship is early on, like we just spoke at a marriage conference and we talked about this, about how early on we had gone to a family life conference where we took divorce off the table. We realized that our marriage was a covenant, not only between each other, but also with the Lord. And so, you know, when we said our vows for better, for worse, for richer, you said for poorer. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were poor at the time. That's right. In sickness and in health, like those bad times in marriage are really bad. We say that in our vows for better, for worse, but we don't understand the gravity of that until we're in it. And then we have a choice to make. Are we going to stay faithful to our commitment? And we took divorce off the table. So that helped us learn how to have disagreements and know no matter you know, how stressed out I was or hormonal or, you know, disappointed or whatever the emotions and the the fights and the things were, it was never like we knew at the end of the day that we were going to come together and resolve the conflict and move forward because we had made a commitment to God and to one another. Yeah. 
you know, there's a saying, well, there's a larger saying, but the, the short version is life is made up of just a thousand small enjoyments or small pleasures. Like there's small moments in your life. And if you, a lot of times, if you think back to past, you'll think back to like that one time you did this one thing together and it was so neat. You don't remember that, you know, your brain does record everything you ever do, but the things that stand out are those little moments like that, that those little individual moments. And so as couples, if you, would you think back on that, embracing that, creating those moments together, whether it is, like you said, like for us, it could be, we just cooked a meal and, but we had something great on playing music and we had just a fun time together. Right. And that, but that, that, there's a sweetness there, right. That comes from that. Cause it's, it's the life is hap- life happens in the mundane like that's just it just happens right you don't have these mountaintop moments are very rare and few and probably for a good reason right you can't always expect to have those moments it would it would destroy you but for us as a couple and for that that having those moments in our past if we look back on that that's the that's the foundation building of our relationship or those sweet times and sweet moments together but need to be called out but they were to the point together it was us doing it as a couple. Or even I could think of like, you know, that I love for you to make coffee in the morning. It's not a big deal to make coffee, right? But it is, it blesses my heart when you get up and make coffee and set the tone for the day or when you pray with me in bed before we get up. It can be little conscious decisions on our part to understand and know and like the wishes and desires of the other person and then do those do those little things that can just make a difference in the day right so it's the things together but it's also knowing and and doing for the other yeah so you know to take us to another point you 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 alluded to it in the beginning and I kind of talked about it when we're talking about couples really cleaving right so I have had friends that I've known over time that are married and have been married for the same length of time as us, 20, 30 years, some of them, some are on their second or third marriage, but some of the ones are still together and that, but they live a somewhat separate life where I've heard these conversations where we go out and they'd be like, well, are you going to pay for it? Am I going to pay for it? And I think, well, what do you mean? It's the same money. No, it's not actually, they have their own separate accounts and they have their money flow into their account. And some of them even have like a pooled account where they, fund it so that they can pay the household bills and stuff, but they still maintain their own accounts. And I I have always, I'm not judging that, but for me, I've always found that strange. I thought, well, everything's together. You share a closet, you share a bathroom and a shower and a bed, uh, but you can't share an account, right? That's, I I just find that, I find that awkward. And if someone has a a tremendously awesome inspirational answer about why that is, you know, please let us know. Like, I'd love to understand that because I just don't, but that to me in my mind says, that's a holdout. That's like a not fully cleaved kind of concept, right? Now it may be like I just don't trust my spouse with finances. Like they've got to figure their own money out. But then that's a conversation that maybe should be had, and you should come together as a couple and figure that out. Because that's the thing I alluded to earlier. Is you don't want to leave that gap. Now there's a gap. Now you have separate accounts that there's there's all kinds of you know problems that could arise from that from unaccountability or not. You know, there's no accountability for the spend or where it's being spent or those kind of things. So, you know, and, and I'm not judging that, that, that statement is just not for me. And I just don't understand why it is that way. And, and so that's a curious thing for me about from couples talking about us being fully cleaved. Right. 
Yeah. And you also mentioned like the, the travel. So let's say uh, you and I have to travel and we travel separately. We're in constant communication with one another. And I think that, you know, we, we've heard the expression about filling your spouse's love tank, right? So if my love tank is full, if your love tank is full, and if we are separate, then, then we're still one and we're still, it's when those decisions that we make where we start to get those degrees of separation, right? So I go on a business trip and I don't call you or, you know, you don't, and then I start paying attention to the person, you know, who's with me on that. We've seen that with, with people where either both on, on the man or the woman's side where, you know, they are not they're not filling their spouse's love tank. Their their love tank is not being filled, and then they, you know, end up having an affair. Yeah, or- that, that's a temptation tipping point, right? So it doesn't. No one is happy and then goes out of town and suddenly has an affair, right? That there was problems before this. There's all this leading up of like you're to your point, draining their tank. And they've been draining it and draining. They've been on empty for a long time. And then they go out of town and then the opportunity shows up and their mind says, well, that person's nice. Let's talk to them. Like there's a lead up to that. And that goes to the overall relationship, the cleave being cleaved together and becoming one. Because if you're both together, if that problem only manifests, if there's been a problem already, it's not a one-off kind of scenario. So there's a larger issue behind that. And that's keeping each other filled up and, you know, keeping communication open and uplifting and empowering your spouse, all of those things prevent that knock at the door, right? That's right. You know, in uh, Ecclesiastes, it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So it's really that three strands, it's it's not just two become one. It's actually when we're in Christ, we each have Christ within us. And then the two of us become one. So it's really that three chord strand that is not so easily broken. Yeah, correct. Like that's, I think, good point. Bringing up the Christ and the relationship, right? He's the he's the binder, and with that at the center of the relationship, right, is a very very strong. You have a strong foundation to to be sure. Yeah, and that means dying to self. It means picking up our cross and following him. Even when the warm, fuzzy feelings of the honeymoon phase are over and there's dirty socks and dirty dishes and laundry and trash and all of the maintenance that needs to be done in life, it's just maintenance, right? It's just maintenance. And so really taking time to communicate to your spouse and making that intentional time for one another. For us, because we have a special needs child, our date nights often were like us just escaping to the grocery store together. But that's something that we enjoyed doing together. And so finding those connection points, even in the mundane, I think is important for us to tie heartstrings together. 100%. 100%. You're 100% right. Life is made up of the mundane. Like 90% of what you do in your life is fairly mundane, right? Brushing your teeth, get dressed, 
go do a job, go to work, stay home, wash the dishes, clean, cook, like all the things that encompass life is mostly routine style activities that are most people don't consider sexy and fun, you know, although we have transformed that we have transformed, you know, we're foodies. So we've transformed the grocery store into like a fun scavenger hunt because we always go buy our necessities, but then you know, it's probably, you don't like me going sometimes, but I take us down the funny aisles. And I'm like, Oh, what's that? We've never tried that. We'll just try that. Let's buy, what does what that look like? And I've never seen this vegetable before. What can we cook with it? You know, just turning it into a, a it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a hot air balloon ride over the deserts of Utah, right? Like it, it, it can just be us doing those things, but we find joy in it. And that's the, the key to uh, the relationship is finding joy in each other and doing things with each other. Right. And we find a lot of joy in a lot of things. Like we do really what our kids would say, boring, uh, boring stuff. <laughs> the, but to us, it, it, it feeds us. It gets us to be together and it keeps our, our communication open and it pours into each other. Kind of like you're talking about co- make the coffee, right? But like you're always so caring of when I'm really busy or I'm really under pressure with several different things from several different clients. Like you are always right there. Like all of a sudden hot tea shows up or food is made and like you're very caring and nurturing and making sure that my environment is set up to be supportive. And I don't, I don't have to ask that you just do it. So that that's, that's a major impact to me. And that helps me be a better person. And that's you not being selfish. That's you being selfless. Super important. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a two way street because, you know, there are things that you do to empower me and you know, when I'm really stressed and, and can talk me off of a ledge and, and help me work through problems and solutions in with Spark Media and all the things that we're doing. And so, you know, I love the fact that we've been able to do this in our marriage, but then also to extend that into our business. So, you know, working with your spouse is not always the easiest thing. We're very different in the way that we work, but I love that when we come together and we have the mission and the vision of being intentional in our lives and and, and living for Jesus and how that looks in our home as we love one another, but also in a, in a larger vision as we try to do and be the people that God wants us to be in this world. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a definite transformation of going from just being a couple to being a business couple. And, but we were so empowered by already how our relationship already is and knowing our differences, right? I think that's really good for couples to realize you're, you know, it's almost like doing a personality profile of each other and saying, okay, I know that Peter operates in a very different way than I do. And it may be frustrating, but that's the way he operates. And so he's got it. You are very rapid fire, quick, get it done five minutes ago. Like, let's go, go, go. And that's that massive contributor to your success and what has worked so well for you because you just get stuff done and you just, you're like the old Facebook adage, move fast and break things. Like that's you, you just go, right? (laughs) Where I am like, stop a minute, I need a list and let me prioritize what's going to happen, right? I have an engineering brain and I behave differently. And especially when it comes to creative work, that's a different, that's a process, not just to execute. But we've realized how we work together in that and how it's empowering on both sides. You, with growth and just exploding and all the things you do, has become that. I see that and admire that in you. And I want to foster that and then support it. And the support of that is my skills and capabilities that I can bring. But that's us. Just take, It's the same marriage. We just put a business lens on the front of it and said, let's go. Like, and let's make it happen, right? 
in the beginning, it was just you, solopreneur, right there, the new term I don't like, but you just went and, and did it. And But I made sure you had the things you needed to do it because I love you and I wanted to support you and I see this vision. And you made such sacrifices in your life for us. And, and I don't mean sacrificing that you like stopped what you your goals and your aspirations, but you assumed and took the role of that supporter because it was needed. Like we, the, there wouldn't have been a family. I wouldn't have even needed to work if I didn't have you. I'd have just figured something stupid out, right? So you you made the our lives better by being that equal support structure within the relationship, right? If marriage is a three legged is a three legged stool, definitely one of the legs, right? And so super important. It would have fallen over. Try to sit on a two-legged stool. It would have fallen over without that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end this episode. What I'd like to encourage our listener to do is embrace the gifting and calling of your spouse and find ways that you can come together this week to do those special little things that you know that make your your spouse feel special. Make sure you're you're staying connected and that your lines of communication are open with one another. And we just encourage you to 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 just really embrace the mundane and have fun with your spouse. Amen.